Hi friends, uh, this is the guest speaker today, Sarah. Just letting y'all know that even though we're talking about art therapy and all the good stuff that that involves, we're also going to be talking about some heavier stuff. So a bit of a trigger warning, we're going to be talking about trauma um, and how difficult the pandemic has been. So just be mindful of that and if you need to step away, please do so. And we want to also acknowledge that we are unwelcome guests on the land of the Coast Salish peoples and we are really grateful to the Musqueam, Squamish and Tsleil-Waututh nations for allowing us to reside and live and work on their lands. <laughs> okay, welcome to episode four. Is this four? Yes, episode four of uh, my podcast, Are We Here For It? Are we here for it? Are we here for it? With me, your host, friend. I am here with my friend, my friend. <laughs> Sarah Newland, Sarah, <laughs> who is spilling her coffee? Did you spill your coffee? It's not my fault. The lid's not working. Oh no, it's your fault. Okay, it's my fault. I'll take the blame. <laughs> um, we are here, um, socially distancing with a medical grade HEPA filter on. There you go. Yeah, we're safe. Yeah, safe. Podcasting in the time of COVID. I mean, this is my dream. <laughs> Podcasting at the time of COVID. Mm, sure. <laughs> it's better than remote. Let's just say it's better than remote. Because, I don't know. I don't know how that would work. I tried, but I couldn't really figure it out. I didn't want to figure it out. And then just thinking of you sitting there with, like, headphones on that it's used for gaming. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I would have looked great. <laughs> I love how you reverted to how you would look <laughs> I would look fab. Okay. I would rock those dorky headphones with that mic. Um, okay. Um, so I want you to say a little bit about what you do. First mm -hmm. of all, you know what? No. Oh. Art therapy. Yeah. Let me start here. Yeah. Art therapy is really cool and I know it's really new. Ish. Yeah. Ish. Within the next within the next within the last ten years. No, like 60 years in Canada. Stop. That's still pretty new, though. <laughs> this, is, this just goes to show what I know about art therapy. <laughs> and that's but, why uh, I'm here. <laughs> that's why I'm here to give you. <laughs> I'm here to educate you all. Thank you. Okay. So art therapy. Because when I was doing, uh, when I was t taking my Bachelor's of Arts in um, Athabasca University. Mm-hmm. In psychology, Bachelor's mm -hmm. of Arts in Psychology, they just opened a new program with Masters of um, in Counseling, and there was like they didn't have with any a specialization. Art. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have any like art therapy. Yeah, like I, the, it wasn't. Yeah, so the education side of it in Canada is still relatively new-ish. Um, it's been utilized as an alternative therapy probably for the past. 60-ish years, but I could be wrong on that. I am not an expert on the history of art therapy. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, in education terms, it is still relatively new, maybe within the last 20 or 30 years, I would say, but um, more recently, Adler University. Oh, yeah. 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 It was, uh, this is such great n knowledge and news, mm. but your mic all of a sudden went super low. Why? Hello? Hi. Oh, no, it's me. Okay, you're fine. Oh, I'm going. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so yeah, I did my uh, grad degree at a really small private university, and then I think like five years ago, Adler University, um, which is based out of Chicago, um, oh. but they opened up a, a campus here. They um, started offering a master's in uh, counseling with a specialization in art therapy. Um, so if I'd waited a few years to do my degree, life would just be easier for me as a mental health practitioner. (laughs) But that's not how the cookie crumbles. (laughs) Huh. Um, Okay. Can I tell you what I think of what? Yeah, I love, I love hearing this. What people think about what? Yeah, it's, it's good. Okay. Yeah. So I have a couple of things. When I think of art therapy, Mm -hmm. I think of walking in a room (laughs) with the floor just as your canvas and you're completely naked, <laughs> and any type of <laughs> different paint colors that you want, you could slather on your body, and like to your favorite tune, you like jive on the floor. <laughs> jive like, is the adjective. Okay. Like you're just or verb. <laughs> you're just like woo. If you want to slap the floor, you slap the floor. You're just, just doing like, some wop. Yeah. <laughs> yes, wop. So that's probably something you could do therapeutically by yourself. I don't think you'd need a mental health practitioner to do that. You might need a very specific space. So that's like, but that's therapeutic, right? Totally can be. Okay, so art therapy. Yeah. And then I just think of like, basically like, you know, the Japanese sandbox with a Yeah, I I have a sand tray under this this couch actually, yeah. I should have done that before we did this. <laughs> we could do a grounding exercise if you want. <laughs> Ooh, a grounding exercise. Okay, but that's that's when I okay. think of art therapy. And like, yeah, that's a new one. I don't think I've heard that one before. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Literally, I was like, what? What is it to me? Okay. So, what is that though? Is that does does that have a place in art therapy? Nudity does not have a place in my therapy room, unfortunately, um, or fortunately, actually, I should say. Um, <laughs> Uh, nor does a lot of the times the space that I'm in allow for people to use the floor as their canvas. Um, but like if there was a space though, if there were like a space oh, where- if there was like a fully expressive space yeah. where like every surface in that room could be yours to use, yeah. oh yeah, I'd be into that. Okay. Yeah. And that would like, that's how you express yourself, right? can be yeah I mean so art therapy like I don't have the rights to art as a means of like healthy therapeutic expression creating things is therapeutic and healing in and of itself and that's not something that art therapy owns right it's like music is healing dance is healing yeah yeah you don't have to be a, a you know you don't have to be seeing a therapist in that that modality for it to be healing my job as an art therapist um is to help facilitate that healing without uh with clothes on um very little rolling on the floor (laughs) but we use a variety did you just say very minimal yeah very minimal rolling on the floor i don't want to rule it out okay that's someone's journey that's fair we're gonna roll on the floor not today we're not no no okay um do you want me to tell you a little bit about like what art therapy yes, is in please. general? Yes. Okay. So art therapy is um, this like beautiful baby of uh, psychoanalytic uh, psychology approach and the expressiveness of the arts. So it has its roots 
uh, like I said, in psychoanalytic theory. So uh, Freudian, but a lot of Carl Jung, so Jungian Mm -hmm. psychology work. Um, And yeah, it's rooted in like really traditional counseling um, techniques, but it combines all the range of expressiveness of the arts. So um, the way that I frame it that I think makes the most sense to me um, is that like we don't experience the world just in words um right like we don't walk around and just knock into verbiage and that's how we experience trauma and pain and happiness um we experience it in a range of sensation um so art therapy welcomes that sensation into the room it welcomes in your your touch your sight your um the sound even the smell yeah and it, it uses the art as a means of communication and expression and healing. So I don't diagnose people through the art they make. Right. Um, and I don't prescribe things to their art. A client who comes in and makes art, that's their art. They get to give voice to it. They get to tell me about it. Um, the art is kind of like this really helpful third person in the room who supports and just makes way for deeper expression. So does this have something to do with like, I have to tell you that maybe all my questions are very, very uneducated that's fine be out there okay so when I think of like when I think of speaking and like expressing through art through this type of therapy I think of people who like to talk while doodling yeah that can so is that kind of is it a way to to distract yourself and like also that's a good question because like I'm you know, because it's a good question. <laughs> because I have a, I have a friend who, who will who who, who can't FaceTime. Mm-hmm. When they FaceTime, they'll just draw scribble. or write scribble, yeah. or yeah. else on the phone. Like you know, a lot of people who just like scribble on the, while they're talking on the phone. Yeah. Does that have any? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I'm not <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So in therapy, we we talk about the third object sometimes. So I've got like a, a bowl of sensory toys over there. Um, it's helpful to have a third object in the room, even like a pillow or a blanket, something that is not the two people looking at each other. Um, something that you can touch and you can Uh, feel and you can use that kind of helps take that edge off, that pressure, pressure off. Art therapy can be that for sure. Um, with some clients, that's definitely how we use it is it's, it's a way for them to kind of put like a bit of safe distance between what we're unpacking in the session and themselves and, and myself. Um, but there's also clients who, when they're in that art process, we're not talking a whole lot, and then we we dive into it once they've completed or once um, if I if I feel like it's it's the right time to kind of ask a question or be curious about something. So the art process can look different um, every session. The hardest right. question that people often ask me is like, "Well, what does a typical art therapy session look like?" <laughs> and the answer is like literally anything you want, my dude. Like really. Um, I have, you know, I have my own way of working, but the, um, the invitation with art therapy is that it's very client centered. At least that's my work. It's like, what do you need as a client? What's your level of comfort? Um, what are you looking to get out of this session and how can I support you in that? And how can I push you to like the right level of discomfort that we can get into like all that juicy healing stuff. So it's, it has nothing to do with you looking at what I've created no. and then interpreting no. it. That's no, kind we're of not like... here to make beautiful things. Sometimes we have to make ugly things and throw them away and burn them and rip them up. Like, so yeah. Do you get a lot of people who think that's what it is? 
I yeah, I encounter that idea a lot in the general public. Um, the a big thing that I hear from a lot of people when I tell them what I do is like, oh wow, I could I could never do that because I'm just not creative or I'm not an artist, and that's yeah. absolutely not like, it at I'd all. Be scared to yeah, like no. Okay, so I have another question. Mm-hmm. What happened? Okay, maybe diving more into what I was talking about of like having a pillow. You said and like yeah, creating the third that object. safe space. Because yeah. I I took a um a workshop of uh, sexual abuse and sexual harassment, okay. and on the table they had like coloring pages. They had yeah. pipe cleaners. They had, and I it was like my first time my inter- first introduction to to a workshop like that Mm -hmm. and um a lot of people would like use it they would just twist it on their finger or they Mm -hmm. would start coloring drawing because that detaches not detaches makes them feel safe yeah that makes them that's a form of art well no that's something we use in therapy in general okay um yeah that's okay that's a good question so you're trying to separate the nuance between using um like art materials or art making yeah. as a way of like creating comfort versus specific art therapy. Yeah. 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 That's fair. Okay. Um, hmm. I mean, as an art therapist, I have like particular training into how to move around the session in terms of the artwork. So there's some assumptions that people often have about um, art making that. Uh, that art therapy just kind of was like, oh, nope, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Um, so, like, f- um, hello, seagull. <laughs> There's a seagull. If anybody hears a seagull, it's saying, we live by the ocean. We get do. over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, seagull, get over it. <laughs> okay, so, so a really, like, basic example, the color black. Yes. is a, a heavy color it's a depressive color so if a child for instance comes in and grabs a black pastel or crayon and that's the color they create an entire drawing with um an, an assumption about that might be that that child is depressed or that child has repressed anger or something like that we might be um automatically not we as an art therapist but yeah. like we as in the general public might have um like immediate beliefs about that drawing or that child when maybe that was like the closest crayon to them and that was the one they grabbed or maybe right. that kid's colorblind and it doesn't matter to them what color they pick right. or maybe they they like the color black and the color black makes them feel good yeah and that's why they pick that color yeah. so art therapy we're constantly trying to remove our own personal bias about that's... what color means about wow. what shape and form means because my experience of art is so different from someone else's like i love right. the color green but mondrian hated the color green yeah like it made him ill to look at it because he was a weirdo and i have my own theories about him but like (laughs) not as an art therapist i have theories about him as as a human okay (laughs) i'm just saying oh that's stupid (laughs) but like i love the color green and some people hate the color green and some people have really like negative connotations with like i don't know the color orange or even the sensation of chalk pastels um so we're the like one of the big things that we do is we just remove our personal bias and and interpretation of materials and really focus on like what it means to that client. Wow. So let's say that oh, the heater the, just the heater on. just kicked in. It's okay. It's kind of chilly in here. Okay. okay. Um. We turn it off. Okay. Let's yeah. turn it off. <laughs> Turning off the heater. Um. 
<laughs> Jenna, wiggle back to your position. <laughs> wiggle, wiggle. How's the coffee? It's delicious. Thank you, Nemesis. Yes, Nemesis Coffee Vancouver. Sponsor this podcast, Nemesis. <laughs> yes. Oh, you didn't know that it was sponsored by them. Is it? No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> no I'm kidding. Like, oh, dope, friend. You didn't tell me. Dope. Get it? Okay. <laughs> dope, co- dope, bakehouse. I didn't get that. That's... But I get it now. <laughs> Thanks for laying that down for me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay um so that's that's just an example like that's yeah yeah okay so I I think I just like rambled on about a really specific question that you asked and I was like oh let me unpack this large no it's so good of information that you didn't ask for (laughs) no it's really good because (laughs) oh I'm gonna snort on this it's all good I apologize to any listeners who have a problem with snorting that's my life (laughs) I I I did ASMR in my last episode, so so anybody who listened to that one, a little bit a of wild ASMR. ride <laughs> for like it made me uncomfortable for like eight seconds. I was so uncomfortable, I had to stop. Only for eight seconds? That's not a long. Was time. it eight seconds? I don't know, maybe like three seconds. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. Okay. Um, talk speaking about color. Yeah. This is a great segue into something else I wanted to ask you about because on one of your Instagram posts we talked about emotions yeah. love that you helped me out with that yeah I loved it so much so apparently there's 27 different emotions I I heard that on one of your previous podcasts thank you um, I think is I that... clinically disagree with that okay I, this is this is so great because I want to know what the different emotions are and I also she's literally reaching into her desk oh there is you have a color wheel. No, it's just a sample. A it's, sample of a color. Well, oh, this is one example. Oh, whoa. This is an emotion sensation wheel, and all of, well, not all of them, but some of them look really different and have different words on them. And so when you started, like, rambling off uh, those emotions, I was like, oh, she's missing some. Some of those aren't emotions. What? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad that we're fact-checking now, <laughs> two episodes later. But who says you have to be right on podcasts, right? I mean... Okay. I did not say I was an expert. <laughs> okay. So, um, I was very intrigued by that whole emotion and color and shape. When you ask me, hmm. what do you feel? Because I said, let's talk about the emotion relief, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you asked me what shape, what color, and what do I see? Yeah. What texture, what sensation? Yeah. yeah. I want to delve into a little bit more of why you ask that. Yeah. But I want to also look at this wheel that I have here. So sad is blue. No, 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 no. The the colors are arbitrary. Oh, the colors are arbitrary. (laughs) I believe the colors are arbitrary because if I was making that wheel, it would look different. Oh, okay. This is just a printout from the internet. So uh, those colors are, yeah. Okay, but that's a lot of emotions. Yeah. But like, I love how they're sad depressed miserable those are like your base emotions faithful confident powerful wow move into more descriptive emotions yeah yeah okay i'm going to take a picture of this yeah or you can look at my instagram page newland art therapy and there's a post on emotional literacy and it has, and it has an emotions did i miss really it similar to that no that's where you wanted to okay. yeah. talk about relief okay yes <laughs> but I, I mean like did i miss the wheel you didn't post the wheel. Yeah, did you? it's not that exact wheel, okay, but it's okay. an example That's of an I emotion okay. sensation wheel. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Also, um, Lindsay Brahman on Instagram, brilliant, brilliant therapist based out of Seattle, mm-hmm. um, and she does a lot of wonderful um, art and infographics that have to do with psychological theory. She's just a really good educator through image and color. Her cool. work is brilliant. Really? Yeah. 
Lindsay Brahman on Great. Instagram. I'll put a link on the details yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. Um, I don't so, know her. I'm just obsessed. I know. <laughs> so, Lindsay, if you ever listen to this, <laughs> hi. <laughs> we'll make sure we get it to She'll her. never listen to we'll it. We'll tag her. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we'll tag her. No, I'm kidding. Talk. Let's go back to the question Great idea. I, wanted, <laughs> I wanted to ask you. And that was, why do you ask color and why shape, sensation, and everything? I love that. I think that's yeah, so cool. I think... So go, let's talk about relief because you had a different color yeah. and shape. And then yeah. I had a different color and shape. Yeah. I don't, let's see if we can pull the, actually, no, I remember. Yeah. Um, yours was, yours was blue. Blue, it was like aqua, yeah. aqua blue. And then yeah. mine, I said, I saw like a, a peachy pink. Peachy pink when yeah. I, when I thought of the word relief. Yeah. And you described the sensation as like. Um, your shoulders relaxing. Like your shoulders relaxing. And did you use the word exhale? No, I did. That was me. I used the word exhale. Yes, you yeah. did. I yeah. said shoulders. Like a releasing of tension in the muscles yeah. is what you said. Yeah. So. And I said I saw a triangle. Did you? Did I? Not to me. No, whoops. <laughs> okay. We can look at the notes. <laughs> Let's go back in the IG DMs. Did we? Did we tell your listeners that I'm very sarcastic? And this is like, no. okay, well, sorry, people. Therapy, Sarah, is not sarcastic. <laughs> we don't invite sarcasm into the therapy room very often. But this isn't a therapy this session. This isn't, no, it's not. So, so I'm being my whole sarky self. self. There you go. <laughs> we love it. Are we here for it? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, why did That's I ask gonna you? That's going to be my intro. Why did I ask you uh, if, if there was an emo- what what specific emotion relief had a color or a shape or a texture or a sensation to it? Um, I love exploring the, like, nuances underneath emotions. I think the more we understand how deep our emotions are and how much our emotions are connected to our full sense of being... Um, the more able we will be to welcome them and also release them. Mm. Um, so I find that that kind of exploring what an emotion feels like and looks like, maybe even sounds like, what sort of um, associations do you have with a specific emotion, that, that enriching aspect of it to be, um, I don't know, like really interesting because mm-hmm. I'm infinitely curious about people and how different they are from other people but also I think that's a really great tool to arm yourself with because then you you know a bit more about yourself you have a deeper understanding about yourself and when something really impacts you maybe you can have insight as to why yeah um yeah like I I'm quick to anger that's definitely a personality trait of mine I get angry really Mm -hmm. easily I have a really short temper Um, but if I sink into that and I look into why I get angry yeah. so easily, it's for a lot of reasons. It's yeah. because I live with anxiety yeah. and my anxiety manifests as rage a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's normal but, though. Cause yeah. when I experience anxiety too, like I, like anything angers me. Yeah. You can like, snap really quick. Oh yeah. Like something yeah. drops and you're like, Argh! yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I'm also, I also get angry because I'm a really passionate person and I have a really strong yeah. sense of justice. And so when things feel unjust to me. I get Fair. righteously angry. So anger, I feel like, is this this mask emotion that, that we are quick to put on anger when there's something else going on that maybe isn't able to express itself or it doesn't feel safe to come out. We get angry when we're sad. We get angry when we're hurt. But we also get angry for really good reasons. Yeah. Um, so 
conversations like that I love Mm -hmm. so if if I really wanted to figure out like okay what anger looks like and feels like for me for me personally that's a really useful and healing experience because then I'll start to see that there's there's a lot of detail in my anger um and I think that that goes across the board with all of the other emotions especially the really broad ones like happy sad Mm -hmm. um yeah I find it really interesting to look at those those little details and just get to know them better like the more you get to know a person the more you can like them and accept them yeah um and understand how they're different from you and I think it's kind of the same with our emotions yeah so yeah at the beginning of the pandemic I started a journal I started Ah. a journal where I would just take a crayon well crayon no not a crayon pencil crayon and I started just like coloring Mm. I, I I remember I told you about it. And as soon as I got to the color, it was, like, purple. Mm. I I think it was purple. Anyways, I... It made me feel so good. Like, mm. just seeing mm-hmm. the color mm-hmm. brought so much release. Mm-hmm. I, I remember the feeling. I was like... And it, it, it like, made me exhale. Mm-hmm. I think it was maroon. Sorry, I really have to it's think of the color. It's the family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. She's related. Yeah. <laughs> it made me feel so good. Like, and then I stopped, and it, I knew I was finished with okay coloring. Yeah. yeah. So you were tapping into your felt sense. That's we talk so about the felt cool. sense a lot, and I also didn't. I'm really not trying to like. Uh, what's it called? promote myself yeah but I did talk a little bit about the felt sense on my Instagram page um because that's not a word a lot of people hear no but that intuitive being or that intuitive sense of like knowing like okay this this feels good I don't have to know why it feels good it just feels good and I'm gonna stay connected to this feeling and I'm going to find other ways of exploring and and getting into this feeling yeah that's us listening to our felt sense um and if you're listening you're like what is she talking about this is some woo-woo shit I don't like it um let me just say, nails on a chalkboard. Did you like? Did you yeah, have yeah. a visceral reaction to that? You probably did, um, yeah. and that's kind of akin to the felt sense. Is like we have this this like internal barometer, in some ways. Wow. Um, when something feels good, it can feel good. Yeah. And if we're if we're like blocked off from our emotions, if we're blocked off from our experience, which a lot of us are for particular reasons, maybe because we're holding trauma, um, or we're living with anxiety or depression, and we just don't have the safety to have full mm-hmm. access to all of our emotions and feelings because yeah. we get overwhelmed. Um, oh, I entirely lost my train of thought. Welcome to the pandemic. <laughs> I was just talking about my, the color that made me feel. Oh yeah. Okay. Thank you. We were talking about the felt sense. The amount of times my brain just, like, completely empties itself <laughs> without warning. <laughs> it, happens, it has happened so much this oh, year. Yeah. <laughs> it's 2020. Anything oh, goes. Anything goes. Cute new trend. <laughs> <laughs> um, the felt sense. Yeah. So what does that all include? The, what yeah. do you mean by felt? The sense. felt sense. Like, so, like, when you feel something, you feel it in your body. When you have an immediate reaction to something, it's not just an emotion. It's a reaction. It's a sense. Ah, uh, it's a reaction. Okay. So the felt sense yeah. is not a feeling yeah. or an emotion. It is a sense. So I don't want to say it's like a sixth sense. But like people usually describe it happening between like um, your collarbone and your belly button. Somewhere in there. Maybe okay. it's your gut. Maybe it's your intuition. Yeah. Um, it's usually like some people describe their felt sense as being centered around where their diaphragm is, like just below their ribs. Yeah. Um, it's like this deep internal sense of being and knowing. 
that we often cut ourselves off from, especially yeah. in Western society, because we're, ooh, I just bombed <laughs> the mic stand, because we're really into logic and reason, um, and the felt sense is kind of one of these, well, one of these things that's not, it's not a, like a scientific fact, and it's not super logical or reasonable. Um, it's very much a body thing. Um, and if you're curious about embodiment, because the felt sense, I believe, is really you, you get to learn it the more you learn about embodiment. Just yeah. check out Hillary McBride. She's oh, really Oh, we genius. love Hillary McBride. Hillary McBride, oh. if you are listening to this, which you probably are because you're the other day I hero. talked to you and I was telling you that I'm going to do a podcast <gasps> and you're like, yeah, hey, that's cool. And so, hi. I'm so, you know what? I'm so sad that actually we were supposed to see her. We were supposed to see her the weekend that lockdown started. Lot- her and Scott Erickson. Yeah, we were supposed to Scott see the them. painter. Scott the Painter. This has been a year of loss. <laughs> yeah. And that was the first. We were supposed to go, yeah. yeah. I was so excited that we just ended up going to a really cool place, The Magnet. Yeah. It was the, I think that was like the last that hug was... I've gotten yeah. from someone that's me too. not my household. Yeah, me too. And that was the last time I ate out. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Anyways, Hillary McBride is... <laughs> yeah. If you're, if you're curious, if like me rambling on in a very nonsensical way about the felt sense is tickling your curiosity, really go check out Hillary McBride. I think her Instagram handle is she's Hillary Leanna McBride. She's, she lives here, yeah. She lives here, yeah. She's brilliant. She's a psychologist. Yeah. Um, very great. Yeah, I, I admire her a lot, and I want to be like her when I grow up. <laughs> I thought you wanted to be like me. You oh. said that Yeah, I'd like to be like the you podcast, too. but now you've changed your mind. <laughs> Sarah? Wow, are we here for accountability? Yeah, we are, apparently. Yeah. I mean, guy, okay. Um, okay, so we talked about the felt sense. Yeah. Did we, did we cover that? I don't know. Like I said, my brain emptied itself partway through my class. So. <laughs> we were talking about Hillary McBride. So it's anyway, up to the... you, listener. You, you rate what, me, rate me talk... in the comments. Where, where You're like, talk... wow, Sarah makes no sense. <laughs> Is she allowed to be a professional? Is she actually here for it? <laughs> nope. She's only partially here for it yeah. when her brain lets her be. Half here for it. Um, um, yeah, so we were talking about, okay, let's, let's backtrack. Mm-hmm. So we started talk, talking about how I felt this way mm-hmm. when I saw a particular color. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, my, I'm starting to think of so many things. As you know, like, I've just started to really dive into... Um, therapy myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I started therapy last year. Shit. <laughs> and it is, it's been amazing. It's a wild ride. It, it? it yeah. literally is. And I'm just, I've been awakened to mm. myself, my mm. whole self, just me. I feel things. I feel everything. I, yeah. um, I feel like I'm in touch, but mm. it's painful at the same yeah. time, but I'm yeah. in touch. And so I like, I also started yoga last year, mm. so I'm wondering, okay. so, yes, so you talking about feeling yeah. that, you know, getting in touch with your intuition, the feeling, I just think of yoga Okay. Lot. I think of, like, yeah. What is it about yoga, do you think, that made you make that connection? Well, you talked about, um, not really, when you talked about feeling something that felt good mm. and not really knowing yeah not needing to find a yeah. reason for it but just yeah. moving into that and just feeling realizing yeah. whoa 
yeah. this feels, this is right yeah. for my body right now. This this pose, this stretch right here is yeah. opening something. I have no idea what, but it's needful. Like I've, yeah. I've cried oh, in yeah. yoga sessions, right? Like just cried as I have in like therapy sessions. Like there's this one, especially hip openers. Okay. Interesting. Hip openers made me cry or else like, um, child pose. Mm. Always cried in child pose. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. When I, yeah. as soon as I did child pose or like a hip opener, like just tears would come out of my eyes. So one of like, my favorite gushing, memes that torrential, torrential, torrential rain pour that's happening right now. Eye holes. Um, one of my favorite memes to come out of this year, maybe it happened before this year, was um, it's like no one and then therapist. Did you know we hold trauma in our bodies? It's nobody that hold yeah, on there to is, so much shit. Yeah, there's so nobody much. in this world that has that is not not carrying trauma. Yeah. Trauma or tension or some sort of like generational something. trauma. Yeah, and holding stuff in our bodies. I think when you were talking about like doing therapy work and, and getting into yoga and understanding like the depth of that work and how nasty it is sometimes. Um, that's a really, really true thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, and it doesn't have to be like, we don't have to have lived through like, um, a really horrendous, like natural disaster to be having trauma. Like we can have, we can have aggregate trauma. It can be built up. We can have spiritual trauma. Like there's so much. And that, that process of disconnecting from our bodies can take, can take time. It can happen really slowly over time. Right. Um, and then getting back into your body and feeling what it's feeling can be extremely painful. Um, I'm someone who lives with chronic pain yeah. and it, uh, I became really separated from my body for a, a good long while because it was just, I couldn't operate otherwise. It was just yeah. a lot safer to not feel what I, my body was feeling and to com- compartmentalize, um, the sensations and even the emotions I was having because of that. And, um, yeah, and then there came a point in time where I was just really confronted with how disconnected I was from my body and how I wasn't actually, like, living in my body. So can you explain a little bit more about being disconnected? Um, what, what, how do yeah. you, how, how do you... I used to talk about everybody? my body like she wasn't mine. Like, we were two different beings. Um, like, I rented space in her, kind of. Ooh. And she was, like, this nasty landlord. <laughs> Who didn't like Interesting. me. <laughs> wow, that's, a, that's... So I kind of, like, personified my body as um, my arch nemesis or, yeah. like, a, a supervillain, maybe. Yeah. Because um, she's, like, she's not really nice a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And there's parts of my body that are just, like, really, really broken. Yeah. And hurt a lot. Yeah. Oh, for no reason. I can... I, I yeah. totally yeah. understand. So, sure a lot of people can. And so it just became easier to be fully separate from my body and what existence in my body was. Because um, that's how I needed to cope for those few years. Yeah. And then getting back into it was horrible. <laughs> but good. Getting back to being Like getting connected. back into my body, being connected to my body, feeling like I, I did belong here. Yeah. Um, and again, like when, when Hillary McBride talks about embodiment, um, for me, I didn't know that word existed and I didn't know that's what I was doing years ago. Um, but I had to go through a couple years of pretty intense therapy to just like work through, you know, my own stuff, not just my chronic illness, but like my history of trauma and stuff like that. And, and it was incredibly difficult at times to 
to sit down in that therapy room and really not just like approach my my past and my emotions and my experiences but also what I was feeling in my body at that time and recognize what things were coming up for me emotionally at that yeah. time and sit with them yeah um it was really uncomfortable but really necessary because now I feel like I am this whole being whereas yeah. before I really did feel like I was two separate beings trapped in the same container um Wow, that's just making me. Ooh, that's just making me think about a lot of things in my own self. I'm sure too. a lot of people like, can relate to that. My yeah. experience is not that unique. We all see that's garbage a... truck. <laughs> I am not the only one that squirrels in podcasts. Everybody, it's hard not to squirrel. I squirrel constantly. I know I squirrel too. This is my life. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> Damn it. You just said the, the disconnect. The disconnect. You yeah. were just it, no. It's it's not you feel. to me like that. That is not a, that is not a Sarah only experience. We all have that to varying degrees. You know, like some of us even compartmentalize even further than that and have like we super super disconnect. That's actually a, a trauma response. <laughs> um, it's it's a way of surviving, and it's wow. really useful in the short term. Mm-hmm. It's really, really useful in the short term, but in the long term, it's not advantageous at all. So, when you were talking about trauma, yeah, I mean we've we've been talking about trauma, but what I have come to realize about trauma is that it comes in all shapes and sizes. It's mm-hmm, different for mm-hmm. sizes. It's different for everybody. Oh yeah. And we'd be like, when I, before, before I started getting into all of this. I thought trauma was just like a car accident. I just looked at the clock. That's why Bren paused. We're fine. <laughs> we're good for time. <laughs> Do you know we're like 40 minutes into this? Oh, shit. <laughs> Are you okay with that? Are you okay with that? Are, Are we here for, okay it? for it? Are you here for it? Are you still here or have you dropped off the podcast? I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> I'm um, sick of hearing my own voice, too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have to go back and listen to all trauma. this. No, I'm kidding. I have to go back and listen to all of this. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yes. So before I've, you know, was familiar with trauma and embodiment and the work mm-hmm. that goes behind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. healing the self, yeah. I thought trauma was just like veterans in war, PTSD, yeah. uh, trauma, car accident. An isolated event. Is that what it's called? See? I don't oh, it know. could be. Yeah. Okay. An isolated event. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, we would, tech, I mean, some people use the term big T trauma. So like okay. an isolated event that's really big that impacts you immediately. Right. Like like an earthquake, like a car accident, right. like um, like a sexual assault, something yeah. like that. Something big that happens, yep. it doesn't last for a super, super long amount of time. Um, you know, being kidnapped. Like those are big T trauma. Okay. And we talk about little T trauma. Oh, so there is something called little T trauma. Yeah, so I, like- don't, I don't know if I like the differentiation. I don't know if I like that personally. Okay, but that's I can my see own that. like cl- clinical yeah. opinion. <laughs> I can see that. So then I think of like things with like trauma in the body with like I struggle with eczema and so like scratching and just the trouble the trauma that I go through mentally. Yeah. And physically. Yeah. Or else like I don't know, like seeing things that you don't want to see. People are like, oh, that's traumatizing, which in the sense it is traumatizing. Some things can be traumatizing. Listening to something that you, or overhearing something like, okay, 
well, being like super vulnerable here. Microaggressions about race or yeah, sexuality yeah, or Thank gender. You. She's those, opened it up. Yeah, those can be, <laughs> those can be like little things that egg away at us. Trauma, like I struggle to define what trauma is because trauma is really a personal experience. I could go through something and be fine and yeah. walk away and be like, oh, that was a shitty day. Yeah. Whereas someone else could go through that exact same experience, whatever it is, and and walk away with some form of trauma from it because it is such a deeply personal experience. Um, like you said, we have, like, the big generalizations of what trauma can be. So yeah. Those, like, big T traumas that you listed. Um, but it's, yeah, it's far more intricate than that. It's Super not that black intricate. and white. It's this big grayscale. Yeah. Um, and it really matters who's experiencing it. Trauma yeah. is, trauma is, um, oh, I'm losing words. Trauma is. I mean, okay. Yeah. We'll just leave it. I don't know. I don't know where my brain was going. With no, that. trauma. I, I think I know what you're trying to say. Trauma is, trauma is. <laughs> it is. Oh. It's different for everybody. Well, yeah, it's a really individual thing. Yeah. We're both like thinking. Now. Like so, like I'm I'm a heterosexual cisgendered white woman. Yeah. So my experience of walking through the world, like I said, I might overhear something or encounter something, or someone might treat me a certain way, and it will not be deeply impactful or harmful or hurtful to me because of the privilege that I live with. Yeah. Um. But someone else who has less privilege or not the same privilege as me might encounter that exact same situation or overhear the exact same thing and have a small experience of trauma because they are struggling through, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the white supremacist, um, heteronormative, deeply hurtful system that we live in. Yeah. So those things can be traumatizing and that's a really valid experience to be like, oh, the society I live in hasn't accepted me and it constantly is like shooting out these little microaggressions that remind me I'm not accepted and that's trauma yeah it can be yeah for sure see and that's like something I would never think of or would have not thought of a couple of years ago yeah yeah I'm just like unpacking I feel like you, I've opened up a curtain and just behind the curtain is like whoa yeah we can close that curtain. We can, we can We can close it up if it's not feeling safe because we're on a podcast here. Oh, no, no, no. Let's I stay just, safe and contained. No, I just think of like the like understanding it in a sense. Like yeah. now I've become um, alive and I've woken up. I feel like <laughs> woke. I am now woke. Hashtag. Hashtag woke. No, I've come um, connected mm, yeah. to myself. Yeah. If I can say. Yeah. Yeah pandemic let's talk about okay a couple let's say towards the end of here okay after this podcast <laughs> how are you good you just cracked my neck i know Feel good now. but like the pandemic has brought on a lot of yeah can can i say that it's diff like a lot of things no it's brought on a lot of Okay, just say things. Things. I'm like losing my train of thought. <laughs> that you'd never think of in terms of community, in terms of mm. connection to yeah. people. Um, so basically, now with the like the new restrictions that we have here in Vancouver, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. not really new because it was 
what we had in March. My life hasn't changed that much. Except for businesses are open. Yeah. Some businesses yep. are open, right? So I can still and, go to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, like, what what I'm experiencing is, like, work, home. Yeah. Work, home. Yeah. Work, home. Grocery shop once a week. Yeah. Exactly. Alone. Yeah. Go to a coffee shop, sit, but it's still weird. I haven't done that yet. Really? Yeah, I haven't sat in the coffee shop. It feels weird. I think we've been out to eat twice. Yeah. Since March. Yeah. Um, we went to the movies once. Yeah. If I've been I'm, to the if, movies once. If I'm, it was, we went right when the movies opened, because I was like, this is the only way I'm going to feel yeah. safe. There was like two other people. Yeah, it was really good. I, it, was, it was really nice. Wait, was it? Tenet. Okay, so I went and watched Tenet three yeah. months after. Yeah. <laughs> it was two, yeah, there's two other people. It was really, it, it Shout was Shout out to Christopher Nolan, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Love Nolan. Okay, no, Christopher Nolan is listening, because the other day I called him. And I said, "Don't lie, Brian. We're doing a podcast, and I know that your name's gonna come up because Sarah is the biggest fan of you." Yeah, yeah. And then he yeah. was like, "You know, where is he?" That's what he said. Where is he? Where is she? <laughs> Wait, yeah, that's what Christopher told me to tell you. So okay. I did it. Okay, sure. You wanted to talk about the pandemic, and somehow we're talking about Christopher Nolan. I know. Nolan. Okay, so anyways. Probably my fault for teaching. <laughs> so anyways, um, yeah, we're talking about, okay, yeah. So I went to the movies once since. I've been to coffee shops. Obviously, mm-hmm. I work at yeah. a coffee shop. And you too. It's still so different, and I think we're all feeling the, the community strain. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you asking if the pandemic in and of itself, without like getting COVID or being personally impacted by it, if the pandemic could be like an experience of trauma? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I know you don't like big T or little T, but like... Little T. I would call okay. it aggregate trauma. Yeah. Aggregate like, trauma. Like think about, like... think about like, like geology, you know, like, um, stalagmites. Nope. Okay. Those like pillars that like kind of shoot up off the ground... Okay. Yes, well, I just, do now. Okay, now think, I do know. Yeah, think about like, um, or even like an icicle. So like water slowly I, that's dripping exactly what I thought, yeah. and like building up over time. The single drop in and wow. of itself is not that impactful. But over time it builds up and it becomes something substantial that, that can have a big impact. Um, if you run into it or if it falls on you. Like, that is, um, okay. That's... So aggregate trauma, it's like that, that build up, that drip, 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 drip of an unending barrage of bullshit that eventually becomes too much or eventually becomes a burden. Um, I do think, yeah, the pandemic, even if, even if you yourself haven't gotten COVID or someone who you're intimately close with has gotten it, um, or, you know, even if like no one in your life this year has passed away because of COVID or otherwise, like the pandemic in and of itself, even if you've been, I'm using big air quotes here, like safe, this experience could still be an experience of trauma. And I think it is for a lot of us. It is for sure. Yeah, for sure. We because we are all experiencing a loss. Yeah. On in some oh, way, shape, so or form. So many levels. So yeah. Many levels. So many levels. So like. Yeah. This year has been a year of trauma. Yeah. Um, and we're not even gonna get into like other stuff, but yeah. 
<laughs> well, like the instance of domestic violence. In we know research shows that in times of societal stress, mm-hmm. um, intimate partner violence and domestic violence and abuse increases because uh, if someone who is prone to abusive tendencies is feeling more stress from the outside, yeah. they will. Um, they will release that stress in the way that works for them, which is often to continue to abuse, manipulate, and control those who they are already in the habit of doing that. So um, one of the areas I work in is with families and kids who have been impacted by domestic Mm. violence and abuse, and we've seen um, numbers go up. Um, I could have brought some stats in, but like I think within the first month, there was a 300% increase in calls to transition house and shelter support. Uh, for women and children in BC. BC. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I, but I could be off on those numbers, but it was a staggering amount. So like, yeah, we can talk about really broad, basic trauma that we're all kind of living with and how this is a really difficult time, but also knowing like this year has been a really specific time of like big trauma for a lot, a lot of people in a lot of ways, healthcare workers going to work. Yeah. Um, even like the, the opioid crisis, especially in Vancouver, like, That is it's a shitstorm so of the year. Yeah. Maybe we should back away from this conversation because it's getting heavy and dark. <laughs> it's this okay. Is yeah. we want to like leave the podcast on. But even <laughs> just like, so me being in healthcare work or mental healthcare work in this time has been incredibly difficult mm-hmm. because I am, not only am I helping support people through this difficult time as well as work through yeah. their histories of, yeah. of, of pain. Um, but I'm also experiencing the pandemic alongside them. So yeah. it's been a really unique time for me. Um, Huge strain. Yeah. Like yeah. I already had Can't anxiety imagine. before 2020. Yeah. But um, I'm like, my SSRIs and I are becoming real good friends. What's an SSRI? Oh, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. It's an anti Okay, well, you have just... Um, shout out to Sertraline. <laughs> <laughs> Sertraline, I know you're listening because I called you the other day. <laughs> I think it's even so loft. I don't know. Whatever. Um, uh, okay. Well, let's just <laughs> wrap it up. That was an overshare. <laughs> let's, but no, like, like, yeah, I'm <laughs> super open about talking about my anxiety. Why not? Like, because it's, I think it's, it's okay normal to normalize to it. With. Yeah. Like, see, especially in this year. And I can go on and on about understanding anxiety with, you know, the environment I was raised in mm-hmm. and just like... I could go, that is another topic for another day. Or just like a bunch of therapy sessions. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, so let's, I guess we can end the podcast with, what are the things, I'll share, three things that I'm doing for self-care. Oh yeah, I like this. Great. That I, that has brought me joy, Mm -hmm. um, make me feel safe. Mm -hmm. So I'll start. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you can share yours. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Loving right now The Office. British I or just, American? American. Okay. Yeah. I started the British as well. But the American, I, okay, this, I started The Office a couple of years ago and I just wasn't into it. I wasn't really into it. But okay. then I. Are we friends or? <laughs> are we? <laughs> Capital R. <laughs> but, and then I got back into it at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. Season five and on has been incredible. I I don't know. Something about The Office, I don't think there will be another show like it. It's, it's just like, I am so grateful to The Office. I also finished Parks and Recs this year. Oh, Parks and Recs. We mm. love Leslie Nope. Mm. Leslie Nope is like a hugging Schumer. It's like, 
I would love to meet Amy Schumer. Wait, wait a minute. You are listening because I did call you the other day, too. Stop. <laughs> okay. The Office. The Office. Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. okay. Um, doing this podcast. Mm. Starting yeah. a new creative endeavor yeah. has really helped me. Mm. So thank you for being a part of this podcasting, even though. You're welcome. Thanks. Slip you, Bill. Everyone together now. Ready? Three, Three two, two, one. one. You're, You're welcome, welcome Fred. Oh, okay. We didn't know we were going to sing it like a choir. <laughs> okay. So that's <laughs> another Office self-care. podcast. Office okay. podcast. And, um, yeah. That's the only two. two. Big. Okay. That's fine. Did I say three? I you did don't say have three. To do three. We make the rules here. Re- reading. 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 Anything in particular? Finishing Harry Potter. Oh. Harry Potter. Potter has been really great. Harry Potter. Um. Yeah. But we don't stand J.K. Rowling. Bye. Oh, J.K. Rowling. I know. That's down. another thing that I'm trying to. Um, I don't know how I feel yet. Sorry that I brought that up. That was <laughs> You opened it. That's Anyways, I'm talking about self-care. It's my fault. It's my fault. <laughs> That's another topic for another day. Take care, okay. Rolly. Okay. So anyways, Harry Potter. So. Yeah. Oh, Harry Potter's good. Harry Potter is good. Okay. Stop Hold right on. there. Um, that's what I'm doing for self-care. What are you doing? Now I'm thinking about Dobby, uh, but that's fine. Dobby. Dobby, sir. <laughs> Oh, I haven't done an accent yet. <laughs> oh, Harry Potter has freed Bobby. They, that's pretty good. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that made me happy. You're welcome. Thank you. Self-care. Um, for me, something that I found useful and I've like let slip in and out of the pandemic is just like movement, good body movement, mm. um, not attaching myself to like the idea of like working out or exercise but but moving because I know it helps my body feel good yeah it's good for me yeah and it helps me sleep better and helps with my anxiety and helps with my chronic pain um so sticking and I like schedules so sticking to like uh when I can sticking to a movement schedule nice um a loose movement schedule wow the words loose movement should never be (laughs) sorry loose Apologies. Um, so yeah, movement has been really, really a really good form of self care. Self care for me. Um, hmm. You don't have to have three, but um, I think this is gonna sound a little cheesy, but like just allowing myself to notice things. Mm-hmm. I think especially back in March when things slowed down and both my husband and I were at home with our young child taking our kid out for walks because uh, he's a toddler. He needed to get out of the house. Otherwise, we would have all exploded. <laughs> um, and just allowing myself and having the, the time to notice things, like notice the way the clouds were moving or I love the way that. the temperature was that day. Oh, like yeah. just really being present and mindful of what was going on around me. I love that. Um, Cause I'm so used to moving through life with like such purpose and, and little time and it's the hustle. Yeah. Go, mm-hmm. go, go. Especially when you've got a small kid and, and a career. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a lot to juggle. So it was really nice to just have the time and space to slow down and notice stuff. Mm-hmm. That was a really nice form of self care for me. Um, and another one is bullet journaling. I've been bullet journaling for, uh, 
just over a year now, maybe a year and a half, almost yeah. two years. I don't know. What is time? Um, and that's a really fun creative outlet for me as well as it helps me create like structure, which I love. Yeah. Love a good list. Mm, a list person. I love lists. Good. Um, as my whole. So that's nice. And I think, okay, the fourth, I have a fourth one. A fourth one of self-care. Was, what was the the there first was one was three. movement. The okay. second one was noticing. Okay. The third one was bullet journaling. Cool. Um, okay. And cool. my last one is um, um, accepting. Okay, this is going to be a weird one, but like the upheaval that this year has caused. I think accepting. Um, accepting that like change is painful but yeah. worthwhile. Um, and, and being willing to openly disagree with people who I had respect for and who I care for, um, that's actually been a really, it's been painful, but it's been a really good, I think, healthy process for me is just calling out people in my life who are being racist, who are being bigoted, Mm -hmm. who are being homophobic, um, or transphobic, like all of those things that I think this year has really brought up for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's been really healing and healthy for me to say to people in my life like hey this is unacceptable yeah there we go thank you yeah (laughs) creating really firm boundaries and just knowing that like it's okay for me to disagree with people um and beyond that it's really okay for me to tell people with love and kindness that that they're wrong and there's room for change and then cutting that relationship off if it becomes unhealthy um (laughs) sounds like growth yeah boundaries boundaries thanks friend yeah for putting that well, that's something that I'm me. working on, too. Oh, aren't we all? I feel like it's, like, a perpetual work. Yeah. Okay, we're wrapping up this podcast. Thank you for listening, and see you next time. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.